Frank Cervelli, Hockey Insider and President of Hockey Content Daily Faceoff. Now, Frank, I kind of let the cat out of the bag. Said that, um, you know, this is, this is a great thing that uh, the hockey writers and broadcasters have going where they get this essential paid vacation at Boca. <laughs> and, and really, you know, you don't do a whole heck of a lot, Frank. Let's be honest. Why do you have to ruin it for you? <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Just because you're not here and you're stuck That's in the studio, all that you're going you're gonna to now try and uh, rain on everyone's parade here? Like, I've been on enough of these trips with you to know that that's, that's not usually the, the good teammate kipper that, uh, that we've come to expect. So what's up? Um, yeah, it is. I'm, I'm freezing my ass off for sure. Now, outside of maybe you... Elliot, for sure, is just sitting around and eating. I know that for a fact. But what have we really discovered here? Is it is it uh, is there talk behind the scenes about Arizona? It's the Olympics, buddy. Where do you want to start? I mean, I think it's a lot of things. This is one of those meetings that there's a hodgepodge of maybe four to five interesting topics that are sort of percolating. Uh, you know, Olympics being one, the Coyotes thing that sort of popped up and, and hit the league in the face a little bit yesterday is another. Uh, you know, the, the fallout, continued fallout from the Kyle Beach uh, sexual assault scandal and the NHL steps to address that. Um, those are all part of sort of, you know, what's, what's happening at the moment in addition to the Board of Governors eventually voting to rubber stamp and approve the sale of the Pittsburgh Penguins majority control to uh, the Fenway Sports Group. So the meeting actually uh, wraps up at 5 Eastern for today. So um, this is just day one, and um, they're kind of just beginning to dig in here for the first time meeting in two calendar years. Yeah, well, we do appreciate your time. I know you're busy down there this uh, this time of day. The uh, the one that catches my eye is the Olympics and what's going to happen there. I know there seems to be a lot of concern for, uh, among the players for sure about getting COVID overseas, um, you know, and what could come of that. Is there is there any update or at least your thoughts on, on what will come from uh, from these conversations? Well, I, I think from the ownership side, I think the questions are really similar in that, hey, look, you know, we didn't really want to take this break for the Olympics in March and February. But if, if we're doing so, we, we need to be able to actually resume our season on the back end. And I think that's one of the questions that still needs answering from the IOC and also from the Chinese government is what happens if there, you know, God forbid, happens to be a mass outbreak among the hockey tournament and, you know, a majority of players or a, a chunk of players test positive for COVID, are they stuck there for three weeks or can we send a charter? Can we get these players and staff medically evacuated from China in order to then resume our season? I mean, to paint the picture for you in a worst-case scenario, the NHL takes this break, begrudgingly sends its players to Beijing, Mm -hmm. and then on the back end, you know, has 70 players that have tested positive and are stuck in China for three weeks when the season is supposed to be resuming and it's such a critical point with the trade deadline looming and the end of the regular season just around the corner. So uh, that would be an untenable situation. And the league, just like the players, 
want to know more about what the quarantine status is. So I'm, I don't understand. They, uh, it has been undecided. It's, uh, those are hard rules. This is a negotiation. Like, how, how do the players find out if they can, if they test positive, if they can just jump on a plane and, and, get, and still get home? Well, it actually comes from the IOC itself, which uh, negotiates these rules as part of their Olympic playbook. Um, that the the last playbook was published a couple months back, and it, it says in there pretty clearly that it's a three week quarantine. But there seems to be some question as to whether or not that actually will be the case when it's updated again this time um, in December which should hopefully provide some more clarity as to exactly what the guidelines are in terms of what must happen. Well, that is wild stuff. I'm, I'm curious to see how that all plays out. The, the other thing you mentioned that really caught my ear was that they're still dealing with the fallout from the Kyle Beach situation. Where are, where are things at in regards to yeah, Kyle Beach and the, the ongoing lawsuits there? Well, I don't have an update on, on what's going on between the beach uh, camp and and the Blackhawks in terms of their negotiations. I know that they had agreed to uh, be seen by an arbitrator uh, to try and come up with a settlement solution that uh, was also non-binding. So I don't know what the status of that is, if they've even uh, had their case heard by the arbitrator yet. But the reason it's up in conversation here is because the league didn't handle their response well. The press conference between Gary Bettman and Bill Daly did not go over well, including uh, with other owners, uh, you know, that w- we've heard feedback from in conversation. They felt like uh, it missed the mark on tone. It missed the mark on function uh, in terms of actually enacting things that can make a difference. We've heard Mark Chipman, part of the executive committee, vow to, uh, to be part of that change, that process of change. And Kim Davis, the senior executive vice president, uh, including diversity and inclusion in her title, um, was making a presentation to the Board of Governors uh, at this series of meetings to say, here's what we're doing. The reminder has been there. If you see something uh, not just related to sexual assault, but also related to discrimination, bad behavior of any kind, uh, any sort of illegal behavior, you need to report it. And so we want to know what the next steps are for the NHL to make sure that something like this doesn't happen again. We, we saw the Pittsburgh Penguins settle quite quickly just before uh, that that sale. I would imagine um, Chicago. Is there any sense that you're, you Chicago feels like they have a really good case not to stroke the check that obviously the beach camp is asking for? I don't. I don't think that's the case. I, I I've heard that the ask from the beach camp was something you know really significant that the Blackhawks felt was way out of line and I'm not the arbiter here. So I'm, you know, it's not on me to say what should or shouldn't have happened um, in terms of that payout. And, you know, I think what they've based their ask on is what does a player who is the 11th overall pick, if I'm getting that right, what is the, what are the typical career earnings of that type of player? uh, $57 million. Yeah, and I so I had heard that the ask from the beach camp was around fifty million dollars, five zero U.S. Um, don't know if it's accurate. Um, that has been the sort of chatter and speculation, and I think the Blackhawks weren't prepared to be anywhere near that number. And they're saying, "Well, hold on a second, 
what can we do here to make this right? So if you went back to his draft, I think Tyler Myers was just before him, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Maybe that kind of matches up around salary wise, career earnings. Wow. That's wild. That's a lot of money. Um, okay. Well, then I'll, I'll take it. Uh, I'll take it in a different direction here. And since we are a Toronto Maple Leaf show and we haven't talked about them in an hour, uh, uh, get a, some thoughts of uh, trade targets here and who might be, what might be coming for the, for the Leafs. Obviously off to a good start here, but things aren't perfect. Uh, have you heard any names in or out that could be associated with the Leafs? I have not. Um, obviously everyone's wondering what happens with the Leafs cap picture once, you know, everyone gets healthy, um, which it seems like there's a different injury that pops up every day, which kind of prolongs the discussion or conversation. But once everyone does get healthy, including Morazic, who's really inching closer, and, and uh, obviously Mikheyev as well, that they're, they're going to need to move a body in order to be cap compliant. So I think a lot of teams have been calling on, on Justin Hall and, and Dermott. Um, you know, we'll see. Maybe the Leafs don't end up having to do anything if they keep having these injuries crop up. And in the meantime, I think they're just kind of looking at what their options might be and, and potential fits on that front. Uh, if you take a quick look at the beach, do you see uh, like David Amber or Elliot on a uh, on a rental? Or I can anything hear the like birds. That? It's amazing. It's soothing. yeah, the birds are chirping. I'm actually kind of like standing uh, near a railing overlooking the beach and the ocean. Uh, needed to get away from those guys uh, and their constant chirps to hear some other chirps <laughs> of birds here. Um, so yeah, Elliot's probably somewhere pacing in a hallway doing a radio hit. And Amber is probably putting on a lot of makeup, and uh, they'll make it all work. Now, uh, are you guys all staying in the $750 suite with the rest of the uh, uh, Board of Governors, or are you guys pushed to the uh, yeah, $49.95? room. All, <laughs> <laughs> all right, have a good one, Frank. Appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mr. Kipper, uh, next time, hey, just keep it quiet on, on our trip and, and the secrets here, no, all right? No, nobody listens Don't to this show. On. Don't worry about it. Your, your secret's safe. <laughs> Well, yeah, thanks, Thanks, Frank. As long as no one's listening, let me be the first to say, I would like to be down there just to watch David Amber stroll around shirtless. The man is an absolute behemoth. Oh, it's embarrassing. It's, I mean, stop doing curls for a day. Take one off. You're making the rest of us look like schlubs, pal. It's not like you're 27. You're like 50. (laughs) He's he's, he's 5'0". That man's 2% oh, body fat. No, he God, is just David number Amber. one cut dude at Sportsnet without even just close. Get, yeah. Fat like the rest of us, yeah. please. Uh, didn't he get the memo? Hey. The man is 150 pounds of pecs and like 50 other pounds. God, that, that stuff that he's saying about uh, about the quarantine stuff and the players and dealing with the well, IOC. We, we, this is happening in a month heard, and a half here. We heard from Robert uh, Leonard already saying, uh, go don't, don't want to go. That. Don't want to deal with it. So, are there other players right now really nervous? Are there wives and mothers and parents mm-hmm. and brothers and sisters nervous? Could you right imagine now? if they go and he mentioned the potential for like an outbreak or something on the team? A whole bunch of guys get it, like happens here, and all of a sudden the NHL doesn't have all the Canadian stars for oh my god two weeks, three weeks of the season or more. Three weeks there, potentially more time. Kate's Edmonton Oiler owner. Yeah. How are you feeling about? Yeah, yeah. Sorry about Connor McDavid. Con- Connor's not around. Sitting for a in month. a hotel by himself for three weeks, waiting. Oh. I'd have an 
I would have a few armed guards. Well, and there's got to be some door. teams that have a handful of players on one team going. Well, like, look at the Leafs. Yeah. I mean, they have, you know, potentially, I mean, for sure, Willie Nylander, you know, Camp and Kasha will both be on the check team. Nylander, Camp, Kasha, Marner, uh, Marner, Riley, Campbell, Matthews. Matthews. <laughs> you know? It's like your whole team. <laughs> yeah. So if they're without all those guys or a handful of those guys for any stretch of time, I, Gary I bet, Bettman would be but beside himself. Every scenario and every thought has to go in before this gets still green-lighted or else I, I, it would not surprise me at all to hear a couple more superstars saying, nah, I'll pass. You know who I guarantee does not want the, the NHLers to go? Kyle Dubas. Oh, man, yeah. Kyle Dubas does not want the NHLers to go. Uh, every general manager. For sure. Every I don't team. think, is there as many, like, I don't know, it's your whole core is going to be probably, well, maybe not Tavares, but everybody else. Outside of the players, the Players Association, the NHL Players Association would rather not go. Mm-hmm. So then you, when. You can't, I mean, these players care, man. If they'll go under all of this. For sure. You well, know, you gotta, we, we know who the biggest guy that want, wanted to go and has said it for years now, Connor McDavid. Yeah. Okay, he is like all in. So if we started today, Kipper, and Sam, if we started today and we said the faux Olympics are in Toronto, everyone who was going to go is still going to play, represent your country, everyone come to Toronto. We're going to have the faux Olympics. It's going to be, we're going to put together the exact same teams. We're just going to play the game here to hell with IOC. Don't don't think it hasn't been discussed. Why can't you do it here? And it's a great idea. I never even thought of it. Let's go. You you guys want to do this? Let's have have the tournament. It's called the World Cup. Can we do it? My name was better, though. The faux Olympics? The faux Olympics. (laughs) (laughs) Can we do it without without Team Europe this time? It's just, it's just. No different rules. Still on NHL ice, just I, like it's going to be this you, year. Did you uh, watch the 2016 World Cup here? Of course. Did you love it? I, yes. I watched the Spangler Cup. Anytime people wear Team Canada jerseys, I, I watch. Just, this kid's screwed. It just doesn't have anywhere near But, like, the, what would be different if we had the same I know, people? I know. The biggest problem over the last 20 years is just the inconsistency with it. And they have not – it has not felt like a, a true World Cup. Mm-hmm. Because well, it, it, it comes you, and goes, and then it yeah. disappears yeah, there's again. there's no consistency. And there's zero. And they're like, ah, yeah, this team is made up of left-handed 22-year-olds from the extra countries in the region <laughs> yeah. of, it's like, all right. Um, by the way, that team you just spoke of were, was pretty fun to watch they in 2016. Watch. Take any group of best players in the um, world. The, the Team North America. That I will say that that game versus Sweden where they had, the where it was McKinnon overtime, Dance in Lungfist was pretty yes. amazing. Oh, I mean, it was it was an unbelievable so, spectacle. But it was, no it was it's still a tough sale. Like, well, there's a lot of people that paid a lot of money that uh, for tickets that they thought were going to be really hot to get mm-hmm. and, and difficult. No and way. really, oh, the market just dropped on a lot of that, and, and the revenue strike, wasn't yeah. where they anticipated. A lot of my buddies bought tickets for super cheap. Like our boy Gunner, uh, mm. Brent Gunning, who does the least uh, nation stuff, he bought tickets for nothing day of and saw that Sweden North America game. Like yeah. it's just they were easy to get tickets. But um, just quickly, I the one thing that does give me sort of hope about this is we talked to um, you guys talked to Doug Armstrong and he said that these guys are kind of used to it 
these days in terms of, you know, the bubble stuff, the quarantining stuff. Like, these guys aren't going to be, like, going out on the town. Like, I, I think it... No it, one's it's, hitting a strip club. It, it sucks the, the it, joy out of the Olympic experience, but these guys are kind of used to the, the bubble quarantine you, thing. If you could talk to a few people that uh, on the on the know, on, on the crap that went behind the scenes during the last few years with the bubble. And oh, the, really? Sneaking in and out and... Yeah. Care uh, to, digo- no, to divulge? No names, <laughs> names. no nothing, but... Uh, what do you think that they're used to? Yeah. And and what you know are two different things. Oh, I love the Kipper. So, we'll talk after the show. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it is a huge challenge. Yeah. These guys are young. They got a lot of money. You know what? I'm just thinking right now, Kipper's like the Olympic Village is like, they typically hand out like, you know, Costco-sized bags of condoms to everyone. They're like, hey, sort yourselves out here. We don't need, you know, this is during COVID times. This 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 is not going to be good for spread. Challenges everywhere. And yeah, they've, the last few years have been challenges for daily tests and all that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. We we know how challenged some of the players were in the last two years in the bubble. Like some of them are really having some issues here, but again, it's stuff that didn't really surface publicly. I just don't know. Uh, Anybody really wants to go through it again. But for the Olympics, yeah, probably. Well, it's going to be interesting because I'm not sure, you know, who has the power to say no aside from the players. You know, that's that seems like a difficult situation. So anyway, uh, we will turn our turn our focus from the Olympics back to the Leafs. Am I right? Yeah, we can uh, or, you know, even Vancouver. But we're going to track down uh, Marty St. Louis if we can. Sammy. Um. We'll see if Sammy can... Uh, all right, so listen, why don't we talk a little bit about it because uh, we mentioned on, on the top of the show, uh, Jimmy Rutherford officially yes. named president of Hockey Ops for the Vancouver Canucks. Yes. Your initial thoughts before I get to mine. My initial thoughts are, you know, I had heard, you know, like everyone else, that it was there's potential for, like, Lawrence Gilman, Mike Gillis, you know, who have been very successful and I would argue progressive um, guys among NHL GMs, and I thought that that would have been really good for the Canucks. I think those guys were well-received when they were involved with the Canucks, Gillis um, in particular. And so to see them move on to very much a traditional NHL GM, I don't know. It's not, you know, I, Rutherford and Boudreaux. It's their established guys, but I guess it's, it. it no, I don't want to say uninspired, but it's, it, you know, same same old. For me, I... I look at Jimmy Rutherford, and that that's the type of guy that I would bring in if I got a win right now. Yeah. And I might be a, a, a trade or We've two away. We've seen him move aggressively and be like, I don't care about the future. We're going for it. And I think that's what I, I feel from this. My first initial thought when, when I heard Jimmy Rutherford's name is, like, why the rush, first of all? You know, yeah. why the rush? But we found Marty St. Louis... Marty, where the hell are you these days? What's going on? You going from rink to rink with your kids? Yeah, I'm just uh, leaving uh, uh, the high school rink. I'm jumping <laughs> on the plane to go to Detroit. Go to Detroit with my uh, band of minor uh, son. Are, are you, you full time? Right? I mean, this is this is a, a oh. daily thing for <laughs> oh, yeah. you. Yes, it is. It is full time. And are you enjoying it? <laughs> You're not getting I tired. Love it. No, there's days I'm tired. Usually Mondays I'm tired, you know, a long weekend. 
maybe too much time, uh, too many late nights with the with the parents. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a pretty good life. So I'm um, not sure how much uh, you've been able to keep tabs on uh, your, your Tampa Bay Lightning then. Toronto has them tonight. Just wanted to get your thoughts on, on this Lightning team. couple Stanley Cups in the bank now um, and, and their chances of going after another one here this season. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I know they lost that third line, but I still feel there's plenty of meat on the bone to, uh, to get another um, a deep run. And a lot of things have to, you know, fall into place and to win cups but uh to me the lightning you know the culture that they've had their style of play um it seems like they can just bring anybody in and everybody kind of falls into what everybody else does and uh and so i'm not sure what their third fourth line is going to look like by the time playoff starts but um I'm sure it'll be sorted out. Uh, Kucherev, we hear, is skating again. I'm not sure when we'll end up uh, seeing him back in the lineup, but um, your initial thoughts on Kucherov, and often I talk about him, um, it just seems like I'm not even sure if he truly gets the attention that he deserves as being one of the best players in the world. No, yeah, he's a special player. You know, the thing about Kuch is... is, is um, he probably has, you know, top three brain in the world in terms of hockey. Like, uh, you know, how do you measure speed? You know, well, you know, McDavid, it's very easy, right? You measure speed, he's very fast. Uh, he still has a pretty good computer, obviously, but, um, you know, Kucherov doesn't have that that, that uh, separation speed that uh, McDavid has, but has a lot of separation speed in his head, and he knows where the game's going, and he always finds a way to uh, play at the right speed, whether it's slowing the game down or one touching a puck to put to, to a spot or holding out for whatever it is. He just plays very fast in his brain. He's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you know, when I, when I hear you t- say that about him, I can't help. I was going to ask you for a comparable from when you played, but I wonder if you see yourself a little bit in that with Kucherov and the ability to sort of think the game ahead of everyone else. Yeah. I mean, definitely some similarity. I think he's, I think he has a bit more, uh, tools in his toolbox uh i think i had a little more separation speed that he does um but uh you know listen when i see him on the half wall in the power play i definitely see some similarity going up and down sucking guys in hitting the bumper the point all the way across the stem or fake shot the stem or whatever it is and taking his fair amount of one-timers from there too you know so yeah i i uh i definitely see some similarity i'm not surprised with Kucha's success he's always he's a student he works at his game all the time i was i was with him for about a year from deadline to deadline, I want to say. And we spent plenty of time on the ice uh, talking the game and working on stuff. And uh, I'm not surprised that he's having the success that he's having with the amount of work he puts in. Marty, uh, during this week, we were uh, lucky enough to have uh, Doug Armstrong and John Cooper, who's going to be behind the bench for Team Canada. You were a player that uh, went through the same thing that maybe even Stephen Stamkos is, is doing right now, and that's playing the game but maybe having uh, an olympic spot on the back of your mind how how difficult or how easy it is to just play day to day and still think about you know is is there a spot on a team for me yeah i mean i I don't think you you worry so much about the spot i think you try to to work yourself into the mix you know and i think you're taking care of, of of daily stuff and 
I think it all adds up, and then uh, hopefully by when it's when it's you know time to select, you're in the mix, right? And that's that's all you want as players. You know, it's so competitive, and players we're all proud, like top guys. Uh, you know, you, you all have you know proud guys, and then you want to be there, and but you know how competitive it is, and but you got to take care of you know of every day, and it all it all gonna add add up to, to something when it's. Uh, you know, time to pick the team, and, and Stammer's definitely had a great, great season so far. Uh, you know, and, and uh, I'd be very surprised if he's not on that team. Do you think it helps? Your head coach knows you, and uh, is there an advantage to that? Should be. You know, in theory, it should be in my mind, and I don't know. I mean, of all the Canadians we have, how many played the par play that shot better than he does? That's a weapon. Yeah, no, no kidding. So, do you just looking at the team? Do you think these guys are spending time making kind of faux lineups in their mind and seeing if there's a spot for them? Because we've got Mitch Marner and John Tavares here in Toronto, who are probably fringe guys, you know, one more than the other, but, you know, would you have spent time looking at this team and going, God, I think I fit in here. I think it can work there. Yeah. I don't know how they go about, you know, the makeup, obviously you're not going to take 12 of the same players, uh, but I'm sure they have like depth charts throughout the season and, you know, with different needs, different players. And I'm sure that, that, you know, the, the two, three guys uh, at each, uh, you know, type of player they want, they're probably, uh, you know, uh, set in stone, but I know there's open spot and some movement throughout the season based on how guys are playing, how guys are evolving with their season. Uh, it's, uh, uh, I mean, fortunately for Canada, you know, they have so much depth. Uh, they're hard decisions, but the, the outcome, um, you know, when it's all said and done, it's going to be a pretty solid team. Well, we certainly uh, appreciated your service to Team Canada over the years, uh, Marty, and we really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for doing this. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Marty. Hall of Famer, Marty St. Louis. Man, he was he was something special. And yeah, it is a comparison to Kucherov. Yeah. In the way they they get in and out, use their body position, a great shot, mm-hmm. read the game. Interesting that they spend time on the ice together talking about it. You know, there are some guys, Kipper, who play in the NHL because they are big and they're fast and they're they're just there. Like their 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 tools take them there. And then there are guys who work at it, you know, who talk about it and think and get better. And you see the best golfers, you know, talking on the range and working on this and that and showing each other tips. You know, I, I'm fascinated by these guys who not only are have God-given talents, but also are just workhorses and continue to try to get better. It's, it's wild. And it's going to be... A- it's going to be a challenge for for Armstrong and, and Cooper and everybody else at Hockey Canada to find those those first line stars that have to drop into uh, third and fourth line roles mm-hmm. and and check and and hit and you know battle along the walls. Yeah. And you know Tavares, who's had a really good season so far, and then the points are coming, but. Will he get a chance to be a frontline guy for Team Canada? Well, that's that's a fair question. Is like if this guy's not going to be, you know, on the in your top six, and you know, not going to be on the power like, play. Where's his true strength in front of the net now? Yeah. Right? Is he going to? At least it's NHL size ice. I think. That are, helps are, but are there going to be opportunities for him in a frontline role where 
you know, is it Sid? Is it Braden Point? Is I guess it... the point is, Kipper, that none of those guys generally play net front, right? Like the best players in the world are usually flank guys, so there's not really a natural net front guy. So maybe Sid, Sid's a guy Sid that can, can play that role. Sid too. net front point, you know, so John can play power play two in the net front or something. What are you smirking at, Sammy? I forgot my mic was on. I was laughing about something, but okay. Okay, here's what I was laughing. About. I meant to turn it off, and I, anyways, you guys, you asked Marty about this. Is me? This is what my ears heard. You asked Marty about you know about Stamkos playing for Cooper, and if it should make a difference or whatever. Should matter. Should be. Yeah. Yes. And that, that was not nothing. That boys. was that was uh, was that about his Eisenman, experience right? about no Steve Eisenman. No doubt, it was about that. And right? He, he, I wanted to ask more directly. I just didn't want to make it. He's a class guy. He didn't yeah. want to go down that path. But you could tell. Yeah. But you could tell. Okay, good. It wasn't well, just me that no, picked that no, up. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. So, but, but then, I threw the line out. Trust me. I, 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 <laughs> but, but this this goes to Ryan O'Reilly and Doug Armstrong and even Tom Wilson, who you know is very much a guy that you know we hear. I think Elliot put in his thirty-two thoughts that you know Tom Wilson would be a guy. You know, St. Louis would be at the top of the list. Um, they would want him the most. You know, are there guys, particularly O'Reilly, who are fringe guys that Doug Armstrong is going to say? I don't want to deal with an angry Ryan O'Reilly when we I, get back. I don't think Ryan O'Reilly's French. I, you know, oh, he's a hundred percent French. We've gone through the lineup. I he's, just think that he's he, a guy that's pretty easy to put in there. Like you're talking about guys that can play that sort of role in the bottom half of your lineup. That guy an wins draws. He can play on the fourth line. There is an argument. Wins there. draws, great penalty killer, good touch around the net. Yeah, like, but it has not had a good year. Yeah, you're right. I right? know. And I don't know where that comes into play. I, Doug watches games, him every night. He's not like driving possession the right way. Like he's listen. If you ask me, when this guy's healthy, I have him as one of the best shutdown D in the league. Colton Preco. You think mm. he's getting much attention? No. But Doug Armstrong knows when he's on top of his game. That's the type of guy that you name. That other people go, eh, really? Yeah. But well, well, he'll know. You know, this Stamkos conversation was he's a fringe guy going into the year. I think that's fair to say. But you don't think John Cooper wants to deal with an angry Stamkos? Like, I, it matters. I mean, the way St- Stamkos has been great. And, you know, the last time. That helps. The la- he's been great this year. And the last time that they were here, that game that they won, uh, the least won 2-1, I thought, you know, I don't watch the Lightning every night. But seeing him in person, I really thought he had a lot of pop in his game. And he was skating well. And he's flying around the rink. He's shooting it hard. You know. You kind of overthink these things. It's like, oh, man, maybe give it. Stamkos is still Steven Stamkos, yeah. you know. I, I feel like he's a guy with the Cooper connection. I feel like you know he's borderline locked. it? Doug Armstrong. Did you, hear, did you hear him yesterday talking about these guys? He was like Sidney Crosby. Like, yeah, he's on the team. And, and he said to Carey Price, he's like, if he can put his gear on, he's playing. Yeah. You know, like he was not overthinking it. Drew even said Drew Doughty. He's like, yeah, yeah you've seen Drew at these you things. Watch, you watch Stammer tonight. There'll be a presence. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? And Playing in Toronto means something uh-oh, different. Oh, time to bet the over on shots on Stamkos. John Tavares before the season started, like he, 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 he was it. asked about the Olympics. It was like he could, he was like he got shot out of a cannon. He plays every night to try Thinking to make that team this. right now. Well, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a huge thing that's on his mind. I also think that when you pose for a Lululemon photo shoot in August, it puts some pressure on your game. Well, and it's true. But you know, we, I watch John Tavares every night. We all watch John Tavares every night. Like he's got great point production. He's in the top ten in the league in points. But like, does that look like a guy that's going to play on team? Like, I don't know. I, you know, you, does, all these other. Does te- no. Let me ask you this: Does Team Canada look like they're going to be a team that needs that? 
That's the question, and I think no is the answer. So th- there, there do become difficult questions of like cachet. You know, John Tavares is not uh, another guy who's a fringe player here. You know, that we're kicking around. He's John Tavares. He's the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's a guy mm-hmm. who's been a part of it. You know, like does that matter when you're going? Yeah, well, we can't not have John Tavares. You know, on this then team. there's the. We need youth. We need younger legs. We need livelier legs. We need speed. Yeah, go bars all over uh, Tavares. That's a totally Anthony different Sorrell. type of tool that you're Sorelli? talking. Sorelli, I on my team, but right? yes, I, I understand your point. Yeah, yeah. all right. Uh, so I want your uh, Rutherford thing yeah, before we run out yeah. of time. I I just look at Jimmy Rutherford as a guy that uh, is a win now guy. Okay, and for that reason, I just my first thought was why why rush to Jimmy Rutherford. Like, you fired your GM, you fired your your coach, what, five, four days ago? Yeah. Five days ago? And it was like... And the coach, by the way, was trying to win now, and, too. But, or sorry, the GM was trying to win and, now, too. And, and the thought was there's going to be a search. Like, what kind of search? You just, you just got Jimmy Rutherford. And it's not like Jimmy Rutherford is going anywhere. Where's he going? Anaheim said, we're not interested in Jimmy Rutherford right now. We're not ready. So where else was Jimmy Rutherford going to go? Why not? And and you, you went and got Bruce Boudreau. He's bought you time already. He's buying you time. Have have a real search. That's all. And then if you want to conclude Jimmy Rutherford, go back and and sign Jimmy Rutherford. But go through a little bit of a process. I wonder how long you know when the process started. Because I you know I forget where I read somewhere that might have been thirty two thoughts again. That you know the, the Canucks are claiming you think of a guy. We talked to him. You know we talked to everyone for this job. I don't see how that happens or who has the time to make it happen. I don't know. I, in like four I, days. I, I think, so. I think Jimmy Rutherford is going to look at this lineup and think uh, it, it can win now. I'm going to just. So you it, think he would interim GM tag, trade it up and try to get better? Or? Whatever the case is, Jimmy Rutherford's the decision maker here. Do you like, think this like is going to be like Montreal. that? I was going to say like Montreal where yes. like regardless. Rather- yeah. But Montreal, I think Gordon still has a president. Jimmy is truly the president mm-hmm. in Vancouver. He will be the decision maker. He's going to get his his GM there. They're going to work together. But this is this is Jimmy now. I just think Jimmy looks at this lineup and goes, it's a winning lineup. I just got to make a few changes here, yeah. much like he did with Pittsburgh. And so with tr- Vancouver, a lot of their fans are screaming for start over, fix it. You and know, we're Jimmy's not, not a, a start over, fix it guy. Jimmy's uh, was he the GM when we were with Hartford? No, 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 he was gone by then. Okay. Um, no, he. I mean, I'm sorry. He he hadn't arrived yet okay. in Hartford. Gotcha. Uh, that's the way I, I think Jimmy will look at Vancouver like he looked at Pittsburgh when he arrived. Pittsburgh, I, I can, if they I don't win, win, like their their but future is not. I think overly what, bright long term. No, it's not. But <clears throat> Jimmy did like I called him Jimmy, like I know him. I mean, but J- Jimmy. My boy Jimmy, uh, Mr. Jimmy. James. There was a lot of Jimmy's going to make some trades. Well, yeah, but oh, Jimmy I mean, likes that trade. In Pittsburgh, Jimmy likes that trade. in Pittsburgh, you know, it's going down towards the end here with Sid and of get like he's making these big trades to kind of try to prolong a you know a window, which is kind of under- when you have Sid and Gino. Like I understand making bigger swings, but when you look at the Canucks roster, it's a little different situation. What do you think? Well, yeah, I guess. Like the hope in Vancouver is that you're on the way up with Pedersen and Besser and Horvat yes, and Hughes. Right. You know, that's right. Vancou- like, Pittsburgh you know, are hanging on. Pedersen and Horvat are not Gino and Crosby, but no. they are to Jimmy now. Mm. 
Pittsburgh, 12 and 8, 5, 580 record right now. Hanging on. Is that the music? <laughs> yeah. Is anybody happy to hear it, Kevin? Yeah. Are we done already? You're free. Yeah, we're out. All right. Leafs and Tampa Bay. Should be a good one. We're right back tomorrow. Talk all about it. Our thanks to our guests. Great show today. A lot of fun. Yes, galore. JD, JB, you good, buddy? I'm good. Uh, two, you on tonight? Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Go home. Right, Have well. a good meal. Get rest. We're right back at it tomorrow on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. This is Sportsnet 590, The Fan.